In this episode, we will discuss what I call the shrink factor. The overall idea is what does it take for an individual to be willing to stand their ground when it comes to their faith? How should a believer react when experiencing confrontation? And how can we have full assurance in our faith? Allow me to encourage you today with some personal examples as well. So, grab a Bible, open your hearts, and let's get started right now on The Great Sift. Welcome to The Great Sift Podcast. Through weekly installments, we provide content that will engage, encourage, and empower you as a believer in Jesus Christ. We tackle topics of the day, host interviews, and provide a biblical view on what is happening in the church and the world at large. So, grab a Bible, open your heart, and let's begin to sift through all that God has in store. There is a quote that I have heard that goes something like this. We disciple to lead to salvation rather than lead to salvation in order to disciple. The idea has seemed backwards to me, given the model for American churches in evangelism to simply lead them to an understanding of the gospel, lead them in a prayer, and then they are saved. Afterwards, you invite them to church or attempt to get them plugged into a local one. However, when someone says this phrase, it is often followed up by this thought. Converts will run under pressure, but disciples stand their ground and know what they are standing for. The deeper the relationship and understanding a person has with Christ, the stronger and more consistent their stand for Him will be. So, over time, I've begun to ask this question, what is the balance? Is an individual saved if they pray a prayer at an altar call, in your home, or in the middle of Walmart? Or does an individual have to be shown the depth of the goodness of God to be able to truly receive and be converted? The answer is yes. (laughs) Yes to what? Well, yes to both. A person who places their faith in Christ, even if they don't fully understand the depth of who he is, can and does fully receive the gift of salvation. However, for their life with Christ to flourish, discipleship, understanding, and being taught the Word of God is of utmost importance. A person who feels the conviction of the Holy Spirit about their sinfulness, sees their need for a Savior, and places their faith in Christ for the salvation of their souls is the most beautiful experience to walk through personally, and it's the most beautiful experience to watch others walk through as well. Unfortunately, what happens across America today is that we have these mass, quote-unquote, mass altar calls that have people simply repeat a prayer and then hand them a Bible if they don't have one, and then we expect them to pursue either a person, a, a pastor, a small group, or a church function in order to be discipled. How foolish we can sometimes be to think that a consistent help is unnecessary to build a person's understanding of the word in order to help that new believer grow. So, then we are left with a group of people who are trying to figure out a relationship with God, they're trying to figure out how to be a Christian, and they're just told, well, attend church or the programs we offer, don't worry, you'll figure it out. Now, I completely understand it's the individual's responsibility to to actually pursue a relationship with God. However, we find that in the American church, oftentimes we are trained to simply plug them in rather than walk with them. 
Discipleship is what cultivates a person's understanding, emotional connection, and deepens a person's faith to be one that is able to persevere during the trials of life. There are many churches that are more concerned about how many people attend than, how, than about how many people who are af- actually following after Christ. The biblical perspective of pursuit of Christ is not how loud or how long you sing a worship song. It's not how eloquent or how long your prayers are. And it's not even how often you attend a church gathering. No, a a true biblical perspective of pursuing Christ is found in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 17. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and open it up to Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to begin in verse 1, and we're going to read through 17 verses, and it says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him, meaning consider Jesus, who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, Do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Verse 7, it is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined, meaning the the earthly fathers, they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he, meaning God, disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Verse 12, therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled, that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. I want you to notice in verse 7, it says, it is for discipline that you have to endure. 
This statement is so powerful. The pursuit of Christ takes discipline in order for our endurance in this life to grow and for sanctification to take place. Sanctification is the process or progression of living a life set apart for Christ. Listen, there is nothing wrong for enjoying worshiping our Lord and Savior. I do it all the time. But worship is my honor and adoration to God. To God, not God. (laughs) Is my honor and adoration to God. But growing in the disciplines of the Lord, that's what sustains me. Pursuit of understanding who He is is a discipline that we find when we do scripture study. Discipline of walking with Christ is how we interact with the situations in our world. See, the Bible clearly shows that what comes out of a person is the fruit of us of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 24 lists them for us. It says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. See, those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. There is a difference in what we partake in when you discipline for Christ, when the discipline for Christ is in place. A good way to know if you're growing in these areas is to ask yourself this question. Are my responses reflecting the fruit of the Spirit? Are my responses loving? Are my responses peace-filled? Are my responses under self-control? You get the idea. See, in growing in discipline, the Holy Spirit speaks to us through verse 12 and 13 of the Hebrew text that we've already read. It says this, Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight the paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. It is important to note that discipline in Christ is not automatic and it does require action upon the believer. Prayer, scripture memorization, and pursuit of right living is essential to the believer's endurance. In order to be a person who does not shrink away, but perseveres, we must take these actions in the disciplines of our lives. Hebrews 10.39 says it like this, But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. The previous verse says, My righteous one will live by faith, but if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. You see, we can worship, quote-unquote, all we want on a Sunday or a midweek service, but if our lives show none of the fruit of the Spirit, then we should really evaluate how disciplined we are in pursuing Him. If all we do is get caught up in the church gathering, and yet we forsake actually pursuing Him in our day-to-day lives, then we need to evaluate how disciplined we are in being a follower of Christ. When I first placed my full trust and faith in Jesus Christ, it was 1997. 
I loved telling people about Jesus. I would never shrink back from telling the goodness of God. I got in front of my entire high school and I did dramas depicting the message of Christ. I was, I was bold in my conversation with people about Jesus. I, I felt called into full-time ministry at the age of 18 and I pursued going to uh, school and become a pastor. And I became one in June of 2003. You see, I've led missions trips to foreign countries. I've led ministry teams into dangerous urban areas, even here in the States. I've been threatened with physical violence to keep silent and not talk about Jesus publicly. And every single time, I never shrunk back. I'm not known to back down from confrontation. However, I found that in all of those places where I stood up for the Lord, those were the easy places for me. While preaching the gospel on Skid Row in L.A. and someone wanting to literally physically harm me for doing so, it was no problem to me. Yet the hardest times to endure and to not shrink back has been whenever I'm around family and friends that I know need Jesus. And yet I still shy away from the conversations because I'm afraid of offending them with the gospel. I find myself fearful at times when I get uh, with those loved ones because I love them so dearly and I don't want to feel rejected. Yet our Savior has been rejected so many times that I must overcome this fear. Even as I'm talking right now, I can think of people that I've refrained from talking to about Jesus because I don't want to quote unquote ruin the relationship. I have friends from high school that need to hear the message of Christ I have family members who need to hear the message of Christ. Oh, I'm sure they know that I'm a Christian. I mean, I talk about it enough online and social media and just what I've done with my life. But have I given them the opportunity opportunity to hear of what Christ has done for them with my own lips? You see, in, in starting up a business, there's a concept. You will never know if they want your good or service until you offer it. The same goes with the most important message in all of eternity. You may never know if your family and friends want Jesus until you offer it. They may never receive Christ until we stand strong, not to shrink back from our faith, and boldly share the good fruit that is supposed to come out of us. So let us be men and women who do not shrink back. If, if you are a family member or a friend of mine listening to this whom I haven't shared with you the reason for my faith, please know that I will be looking to have a conversation with you soon. And allow me to encourage you as the listener to do the same with your friends and family as well. And as always, may our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be with you. And until next time, may God truly bless you. Mm-hmm.